Well, it is election season yes. in Wellington and all around the world. And today we've had the big US presidential debate, Trump versus Hillary, as they compete to lead the free world. Uh, in Wellington, we're weeks away from deciding on a new mayor to run our city. Um, but with all these noisy uh, attention-grabbing campaigns going on, we may miss some of the smaller but very important election campaigns that are happening in your neighbourhood. Um, and that includes the election of the local community board. So our guest today is Robert Ash, who is running for the Eastbourne Local Community Board. And Robert was the first Green candidate to ever be elected to Local Hut back in 2010. Um, and if he's re-elected, this will be his third term on the board. Robert, welcome to the show. Thanks, Henry. Cheers. Nice to be here. Cool. Um, so if you had to choose, would you, would you consider yourself more of a Hillary or a, a Trump kind of style candidate? Um, wow, that sounds like a hospital pass to me. Um, I watched the debate and um, I, I couldn't see myself voting for either of them. Um, but I suspect um, on balance I'm a Hillary um, a Hillary supporter or, or a, a Hillary like, lookalike <laughs> in the sense that I am the incumbent, so I have, I have some of those advantages uh, going into this community board election. Um, but we deal with very different matters. Uh, national defence is not... Um, one of our strengths. So you uh, haven't local street trees is more what we what we decide on. You haven't brokered a peace deal in the in the Middle East yet. Uh, you do broker peace deals for sure, but um, it's with people you've never heard of, like city councillors from Lower Hut. Cool. Hey, so I think probably most people are wondering what a local board is. I I honestly don't know. Um, so can you can you explain what a local board does in Wellington? Sure. Um, it's a really good question. And I don't actually think uh, a lot of Wellington is covered by local boards. You have wards, um, which is um, what you'll be electing representative from your area. Um, in Lower Hutt, um, Eastbourne and Petone, for example, used to be their own cities, uh, or boroughs, I should say, and they had their own city councils or councils. Um, and then a big wave of amalgamation happened in the early 90s, and uh, they were amalgamated into Lower Hutt City. So we lost our unique identity. Um, and it's a small, um, you're not completely disappeared. Uh, the council gave us a local board um, to replace our autonomy that we once had. So we, we don't have a lot of power, um, but we are the local representatives for our community. Um, so I, I'm on the community board of Eastbourne, and and we um, have an opportunity to um, to petition for the interests council for the interests of our community, and so, so you're kind of like the you have you have the the mayor of Lower Hutt, and then you right. have you have councillors as well that represent wards, and then just underneath that sits the local boards. Is that That's right? That's right. Yeah, we're the third tier of of local governance. Third, um, but most important, the foundation, perhaps. Well, we sit closest. You know, we we're your neighbours basically. We live in the community, um, and we have the the, the meetings in the community, and uh, we hear really really local community concerns like. I want a tree trimmed uh, that's on the street, or my neighbour's dog is um, is is um, doing its thing on my lawn, um, or a bus. I'd like a bus stop where um, lots of people want to get off, but there's no bus stop currently there. So it's it's very local, um, but these things make a difference in people's everyday lives. Um, quite significant, quite significant to their quality of 
of everyday life. So that's why I'm take, I take my job quite seriously. So those are the kind of decisions that you will make. Are you are you able to make a decision about whether a tree should get trimmed or whether um, you know someone should remove their dog from the neighbour's lawn? Yes, on trees we do have power, um, and we can name streets, new streets. Um, not that there are many um, in Eastbourne. Um, but most of our power is actually rhetorical. Um, so we we actually um, we actually uh, have uh, the ability to make a noise about it in the media. Um, we can present to council, and so we we're, we can be a really strong voice. And if we're a good community board, um, we can be really effective. Maybe I should give you an example of that. Um, so the um, the the place where I live, the number one priority for our community was to get safe walking and cycling around the bays. I don't know if you've ever driven that road around to Eastbourne, um, but there's a, not a really functional footpath, and it's reasonably it's narrow. It's really narrow, right? It is. So a lot of people are put off. Um, so kids can't walk to school um, from the bays. Uh, their parents have to drive them, have to catch a bus, and people are put off cycling around the bays because the road's narrow. Um, so we... But to build that footpath um, on the seaward side of the road was going to cost millions of dollars. Um, because you'd have to expand out into the, in the water? A little bit, yes, and build a bit of a seawall there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we worked out that council was funding this project, but they were funding it in very small amounts every every year. And so it was going to take about 56 years to finish the cycleway. Like, and we'll all be dead and buried. I, I mentioned this to the mayor every time he came to our meeting um, uh, to talk. Um, and so it became, you know, it, it made the mayor really uncomfortable. And we started pushing this in the media. And we, you know, we'll all be dead before this uh, walkway, walking and cycleway will be built. Uh, so let's do something about it. And and we, we got the funding. Um, so you're funding for $56 million? No, that's 56 years. We got about $8 oh, million dollars of funding to build the cycle trail. So um, over the next six years, uh, fingers crossed, we should see it built um, and it'll be part of the Great Harbour Way so if, if people want to cycle all the way around the harbour from Wellington to Eastbourne um, in 6 to 10 years I'm estimating they should be able to do that which would be a fantastic regional asset for us And is that, that paid for by the upper the Lower Hutt City Council? Um, yes it's it's funded um, it's co-funded so it's it's going to be central government and local government so uh uh, the national, our, our central government will fund a little over half, actually probably more than half, and then local government will fund about forty-five percent of it, forty to forty-five percent, somewhere around like that. Okay. And so, do the local boards get? Do they get delegated any um, funding or any money that they get to play with? Do you? Yeah, it's so small. It's it's a little bit laughable. It covers our budget for meetings, uh, a little bit of training, uh, to put an advert in the local paper to remind people that we exist, and um, not much else. So we don't we don't actually have, um, which is great in some ways because it, it it means we've got a very clear job to do, and it's about um, the art of politics. Really, it's about using whatever um, persuasive power we have uh, to advocate for our community. Um, a little bit of budget would be nice, though. Um, so we could just build little things like uh, skateboard parks and swings and other stuff that people ask for quite often. Um, and we have to go into the, the sort of the funding pool that uh, local governments go through and uh, advertise every year. So every year those decisions get made. It'd be nicer if we had a little discretion over that, but we don't right now. So what was the what was the 
the thing that got you into local board politics back in 2010? Was there was there a particular issue that drove you to run? Um, good question. I I guess um, I guess I've living in Lower Hutt can sometimes be a little. I've always been a little bit despondent. Um, I don't know if you've read Jeff Park's Ecological History. Honestly, of, I haven't. Of the Hutt Valley. But it used to be one of the most beautiful um, lowland forests in the world. Like if we, mm. we, if we discovered Lower Hutt today, it, it would be, without a doubt, um, one, of our, one of the world's great national parks. Some of the tallest trees in New Zealand were found there, great forests of Kahikatea, uh, some of the richest uh, river ecosystems, um, birds galore, kākāpō, Everywhere, um, thousands of birds in the estuaries, lots of little islands in the estuaries. It would have been much more like the Abel Tasman National Park is today than than what we see today. And whales sort of galumping in the harbour and and frolicking. And um, yeah, it would have been an amazing place. Um, but we don't see that leadership. Or um, so I've worked in local restorations to try and do some of that restoration work, uh, and just small little beach restorations and forest restorations and so forth. But council seems to be working completely in the opposite direction. They're going for sprawl and, and housing development. Mm. Um, and I've I've wanted to be able to vote for a great mayor who would lead the city on a different path. And after waiting for years and years and years, that little mantra about be the change you seek uh, sort of started to ring in my head and say, actually, uh, you need to sort of step up, Robert, and and be that change you seek. Um, in your local environment. So, yeah, I was doing stuff on the ground, but actually I also realised that stuff needed to happen in this political sphere because that's where more important decisions get made about planning and land use patterns and, and and like, water quality, what happens to the water quality in the Hutt River, for example. So this I saw standing for the Eastbourne Community Board as a first step towards maybe an eventual goal of becoming mayor, but I'm playing that one step at a time. <laughs> and right now I'm really enjoying the community board work that I'm doing. So if you were, you know, if you did get, say, dictatorial mayoral powers for a day, what what kind mm-hmm. of lower hut or Eastbourne would you want to create? What would be the big changes that you would make to to achieve that vision of a, a restored natural environment? Um, I haven't actually thought, well, I have probably in the back of my head, um, but a lot of my visions are a little bit unrealistic right now. But I think one of the great first steps we could take, practical first steps, is focus on cleaning up. Um, the Hutt River and the harbour, um, and when, when you when you sort of set a goal there to make the river swimmable um, and drinkable again, even could we imagine that? Mm. Um, then you actually set off a whole lot of other goals that have to follow because uh, in order to achieve that one seemingly simple goal, you've actually got to achieve a lot of goals like how we deal with our stormwater systems, how we deal with our recycling and rubbish, um, how we deal with our pollution coming off the farms um, in the Upper Hutt region and so forth. So is, is, the, is the Hutt River unswimmable at the moment? Um, it is at times. Um, I don't... I used to always swim in the Hutt River when I was a kid, and there used to be great um, banks that you could jump off and dive and stuff like that. Today, when you sort of go, when you when you bike or walk up the river, um, it's a very different environment, and you see very few people swimming in it. Um, occasionally, you see people fishing in it and wading through it, um, driving four-wheel drives through it, throwing plastic bags into it. Um, but by and large, it's, um, it's not the same environment. So even in my short lifetime, um, we've seen, I've seen... Um, the river quality degrade um, and then in, in summer we have those um, 
green algal blooms that suddenly make the river poisonous, especially to dogs and stuff like that. So it becomes this no-go zone. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, it, it's declined um, considerably. It sounds like a good place to start. Um, do you think there's much support in Lower Hutt and around Eastbourne for environmental restoration? Yes. Is it, is it a big issue? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And I think it's actually a reason why a lot of people come to live in Eastbourne. Um, so there's lots of greenies in Eastbourne. Um, as you mentioned in your intro, I'm the first um, green candidate to ever be elected to, to a Hutt City Council office. And um, it's it's easy to... I, th- I, th- I think it's reasonably easy to, to be elected... Um, because in Eastbourne there's a lot of people that, that live there because they love the, the natural environment. Um, so has that changed? Is there, is there more green councillors now? Or are you still the only one? Uh, it's doubled. With, there's two of us. Um, so it's uh, myself and Lisa Bridson um, are the two green candidates mm. um, standing for this next election. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of excited by it because there's also a lot of national voting people that live in Eastbourne. 50% of the electorate votes national in the national election. So um, I'm excited that for a lot of these people, this is possibly their first time they've ever voted Green if they vote for me. And so some of them must be. So You're um, like a gateway councillor. Yes. Party vote. <laughs> That's right. Cool. So you have you have said that you'll retire after this term if you get elected. Is that is that right? Yeah, this will be my third term, um, and I'm a, a, a small believer in term limits because it's really nice to have a board where you've got some people who know what they're doing, and then some new people who are coming on with lots of energy. Um, I'm becoming one of the la- one of the former people, um, and I'd, I've decided I'd either like to step up and maybe take uh, run for council. Um, in the next election, or step out and, and do something else, um, either have a family, uh, fingers crossed, or or just like uh, go back and uh, get my hands dirty and like do some actual restoration work, um, you know, on the ground, plant some trees, uh, do some dune planting, clean up the beaches, that sort of thing. Cool. So you, if you have potentially one term left in Eastbourne, do you have any, if there's one thing that you could get done in that time? What would that be? I've got three things I'd like to do. Um, so the first thing is actually to finish. So we, we've got the funding now for the cycleway. I'd really like to make sure it's built. So I just want to see that project through to completion. Um, my second priority is, um, this is going to sound a little bit strange, but we have we have a real problem with weeds in the Eastbourne Forest. It's actually really weedy because it's a warm environment. Um, weeds being like? Uh, invasive uh, weeds, you know, so non-native plants, um, and uh, so I, I'd like to focus some attention there. And one plant in particular, it's like the old man's. It's like what old man's bed was in the 1970s in Wellington. Um, this is this plant's uh, called asparagus scandens or snake feather or climbing asparagus, um, and it's it's. Um, when you see what it does to a forest ecosystem, it actually leads it to almost collapse. Um, it just strangles every tree. Um, and there are parts in Lower Hutt where, where, it, where it looks like this. And so I'm just wanting to keep it out of out of our forests in Eastbourne and then um, start addressing it in other areas, if possible. The third one is a much more understandable um, goal, and that's actually to stop the rubbish uh, that gets into our river systems from uh, washing up on our beaches and so forth. Um, we spend a lot of time picking up the stuff, and actually there's some really simple things we can do uh, to stop it getting into the harbour in the first place. Um, Such as? Uh, so a lot of rubbish comes from the CBD, and it gets washed into the drains. So all the way from across the harbour, from those pesky city dwellers? 
Uh, from Wellington, Upper Hutt and Lower Hutt. So it's not, yeah, it's, it's coming from a few places. Um, and actually, so there's a few drains in, in the cities where most of this rubbish is coming from. So if you actually just have a sump guard, which is basically a sieve that collects non-liquids, uh, and you just empty the sieve every so often. So it basically becomes part of the rubbish um, service, uh, you can actually keep a lot of the plastics uh, that you're finding on the beach out of the harbour in the first place. And this this actually has huge... The plastics that we're putting into the um, the seas has actually got a big... Like a lot of people love to fish, right? And a lot of those fish are nibbling on the plastic. So actually we're eating the plastic because um, the, the plastic's ending up in the guts of the fish and stuff like that. So it has, it has broad appeal. It's not just for aesthetic reasons. It's actually for for our own health and the health of our, our mm. fish. Absolutely. Cool. So, I guess we should give some people information about how that when they should vote by. Is it is it the fifth of October that yeah. they have to get their their papers in? Yes, it's coming up. I think they've got about two weeks left. Okay, and it's the same for the hut as it is for the city, isn't it? Yeah, I think they all close at the same time. Yeah. Okay, so voting papers in by the fifth of October. Yeah. Have a good read of the election booklets. Most of the people you'll, you will have never met or maybe never heard of. Um, so that's one, one source of information. Talk to your friends. Go to the Gen Zero Guide. That's mm, another great mm. source of information. Um, but, but do vote. That's the key thing. Yeah. Cool. It's a good message.